1: I'm super excited today because we're going to be talking to my good friend, Jim Young, who I have known now for, I guess, about 10 or 15 years. Jim is actually my CPA. uh, That's his day job here in Charlotte, North Carolina. But Jim is somebody that I've always admired as somebody that just um, he has big dreams and he gets after it. He's somebody that gets wind of an idea and then uh, uses that wind to fill his sails and travel into adventure. So I had to use that little metaphor there because um, Jim has actually, uh, just this past year, his dream was to own a sailboat and uh, he decided to go big. So why not buy a sailboat in another country? Uh, How about Greece? And, And then move there and live on the boat for a few months and see what life is like there. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, I'm really excited about it. So Jim, welcome to the campfire.
0: Uh, Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Yeah, we've known each other since, I think, 08, um, probably. Yeah, that's that's right.
1: Coming up on uh, almost, well, 14 years now. So um, yeah, Jim, like just for listeners, can you just tell us a little bit about you and kind of your day job and your life here in Charlotte?
0: Sure. Yeah, I'm... I'm, uh, 58-year-old CPA, I've got two kids, and um, I'm divorced. And uh, um, so being a tax accountant primarily um, and just the way I've structured work, I'm, I've got a lot of free time ability to take off during the summer, so I like to travel a lot, and have always been you a know, fan of sailing and interested in sailing and taking the American Sailing Association courses and all. And Always had the idea. Oh, I'm gonna buy a boat. I'm gonna buy you know the dream buying a boat I own one once and of course the happiest day was when you sell it and <laughs> um, <laughs> And anyway, I, the dream sort of started building again. Oh, I want to buy a boat. I want to buy a boat and um, uh, We did a share down in Charleston, but really, you know, weren't I, I You know, I wasn't that skilled it was skilled enough to bare boat charter and things but I got this idea of uh, buying a boat and um, wanting to sail in the Mediterranean and um, it's actually uh harder to sail from the u.s back to europe and from then from europe to the u.s and so the idea in my mind sort of the natural idea seemed to be to buy the boat in europe and sail it all around the mediterranean get that experience in and then sail it back to the u.s and um uh so anyway so i i really wasn't going to do it and i started talking to friends and they were all like oh that's so cool you really have to do that you know and then Uh, And then being divorced and single was, you know, hard to uh, um, work out how you're going to buy a 38 foot boat or, you know, a larger boat that's going to require two people to operate. And um, uh, so, of course, I got cabin fever very badly, um, as we all did in 2020. and, And that's that's how it all sort of started rolling along.
1: C- cabin fever not on the boat but cabin fever here wanting to, to get over there to to make this thing happen
0: yeah i think i think that was <laughs> probably one reason i did such a sort of in retrospect maybe a crazy thing um well uh, but yeah cabin fever with covid and being stuck inside in 2020 yeah. and um just starting to dream and then you know if you, if people asked you what you were Like thinking about doing and then getting positive feedback and saying, well, you know, and then, and then what really, I guess, sealed the deal was uh, when my nephew wanted to go for, um, uh, you know, up to a couple of months with me over there. And so then it, it really made it something possible to do
1: it's just such an exceptional thing. Take us through this. I mean, how do you kind of turn something like this from a dream into a reality? Like what are some of the steps that you had to take to, to find the boat and, you know, and, and why Greece?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Good questions. Um, I think, um, to find the boat really wasn't all that, uh, difficult because if you're looking for, you know, 28 foot and larger sailboats, uh, you know, maybe 28 to whatever, a hundred feet or something, you know, you're going to, um, yachtworld.com is, is the, is like the MLS listing service of boats. Um, There's a lot of them out there, but if it's, if it's out there, it's often on yacht world. And, um, uh, so I just started looking on there and then I started looking in the Mediterranean and I, I, I wanted to go see a boat in, um, Turkey. And, but then that ended up being sold. And then I wanted to see a boat in Sicily. And again, it was going to sell very quickly. And then being so far away and, and just sort of sending out, you know, inquiries about boats was hard to get, you know, I wasn't getting a lot of attention from brokers and I, I didn't really want to work with, you know, find a broker and start looking for a boat through him. I was just more wanted to respond to the ads. So I, I started doing, uh, I started like basically almost making an offer when I would write the broker and say, well, I really like the boat. You know, you're asking 165,000. Would he take 145? You know, because I'm I'm getting ready to buy one. You know, and then that would really move things along with the the, you know the talking about the boat and everything. And so that happened with this boat in um in Athens, Greece. And of course, Greece is you know really an optimal place to sail. It's it's like the Caribbean with you know a thousand islands, well hundreds of islands anyway, to within that you can sail in between and, you know, warm waters and all. And, um, you know, it just kind of worked out. And And then as I was like looking for boats, I was talking to my nephew and he bought in and, you know, committed to going. And so then next thing I know, I'm figuring out how to wire money to uh, to athens greece <laughs> to put down the you know fifteen thousand so dollars
1: so you saw you talked about like you said you wanted to go see a boat in in turkey and you wanted to go see a bo- like were you planning to like physically go look at it before you buy it or did this all happen sight unseen
0: yeah i was kind of thinking like oh i'll have to go over there and look at the boat and and figure this all out uh, but then, you know, as, as wanting to use it that summer and all, it, it sort of became clear that, you know, I wasn't going to fly all the way over there. And with COVID, you know, just to look at a boat, I was going to, you know, select the boat, uh, figure everything I could about it, you know, and put a deposit down probably even or or get into contract with it at least and then and then go go and look at it. So that's what happened with Athens. And uh, I was pretty, you know, I was 90 percent sure it was it was. You know, was just like in the pictures, and uh had a good discussion with the broker, and got to you know call them several times and chatted with them because I kind of realized that you know I was sending off fifteen thousand dollars or something, and you know no way to get that back if if it didn't work out. So I just realized I needed to talk to him quite a bit over the phone before I did right. that. So I did that. I got. Yeah, I got some referrals from him as well, so that was good.
1: You said I was ninety percent sure it was going to be what I thought it was. So I, you know, clearly there's like a level of risk that it might not be, but you know, you it sounds like you just, you know, you understood that and were willing
0: willing to take that chance. Yeah, and I talked to the the broker was great because Athens is a huge um, charter market, and uh, so he had a lot of U.S. customers or several U.S. customers who were re- repeat customers, and so he put me in touch with a developer of. The construction guy over in Knoxville has used him all the time, and um, that guy was very, very helpful, and so were a few others. So I, I had a very good uh, comfort level, and the broker had been on the boat, and um, the the boat actually was owned by a, a dual-citizen American Greek guy in Athens, a dentist. That ended up being really great when I got out there because we we ended up having a lot in common because he'd grown up here as well. So getting getting to the boat the first day, though, was was. It was a a huge relief that it was in as good a shape as i thought it would be and that everything looked looked good you know and it was extremely well cared for yeah so
1: talk so talk me through that so you got there and you felt that sense of relief because it 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 turned out it actually was what you thought you were getting
0: exactly yeah yeah exactly and um uh so i i flew into athens international Airport and i got a taxi and got you know probably completely ripped off on the price but got way out in the suburbs of athens uh, uh north west of athens the boat was in a smaller town kind of a, a cheaper place to keep it and so i got out in the middle of nowhere and got on this boat and um uh the the owner met me there and he was a, he was a very nice guy and really had taken it was that boat was the love of his life so he'd taken every care of it so it was really nice to get on it and 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 see that and then i ended up spending like a week probably 20 hours a week with this this former owner on it and um and then we switched into stage two which was the greek bureaucracy of uh-huh. closing on the boat which is unbelievable
1: so talk us to that, through that.
0: It had been a charter boat before, so so you had that complication because when boats are chartered, they don't pay the VAT tax when they buy it. And so when they sell it, there's all these tax issues that come up. And um, so we started down this road. And um, the broker, of course, is like, well, it may take a couple of weeks. And, you know, well, it took like four or five, I think, in the end to get everything straightened out. And um, Greece is a uh, it's an interesting place um there's a lot of side money trading hands and the funniest part was going into a government office where someone in our party it wasn't me but someone in our party would have an envelope with 500 euros and we'd meet with the federal clerk (laughs) and hand him the money the envelope and he would take it and he would throw it in his open briefcase on the side of his desk (laughs) <laughs> wow. and so that ended up expediting the whole thing they call it the uh i think they call it a speed tax
1: it's what yeah. the greeks
0: call it and uh yeah so anyway, so anyway we speed closed tax. on the boat and speed tax yeah and got the paperwork and um and one thing that's funny is i bought the boat boat uh that free which is a 24 percent tax which could be you know like forty thousand dollars or something so i didn't pay that but i have to export it to turkey to get out of the european union And I wasn't able to do that last summer because of COVID. So I have to go back this summer and do that. And so right now the boat is on the hard outside of Athens, but it's, it's unsellable. And so I, I do, I do get a chuckle because if I die, the boat's worth, you know, I, I should get like a hundred thousand, 150,000 maybe out of it. But if I died, the boat can't be sold until it's taken to Turkey and back to Athens. So I get a chuckle when I think about what my daughters would do if I die. And I'm pretty sure they just say, well, let's just leave. The boat over, you know. Let's not let's not deal with that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's I I, I, I
1: want to hear about that because that, I, for some reason I thought that when you got when you came back you had sold the boat. So it's it's yours and it's still over there.
0: Yeah, kind of unfortunately because um, what I found it was it was I had a wonderful experience sailing with my um, nephew and my other brother was over there quite for for about three months but he was like he would be on the boat for three days and then he disappear for a week you know so that wasn't right either but wonderful experience sailing with them but then um after they left i ended up uh having to really rely on um hiring charter captains also had a a cancellation which hurt i had two friends who were going to come over for for about uh two weeks with me and and they just got worried with covid and uh, and maybe stressed out with maybe i shared too much about the hardships of being on the boat but um so so i just decided you know it was, it was just too hard to juggle as a, as a single person and waiting for a crew and all and um uh you really need two people on the boat to operate or, or you need to be in a marina docked so that that became a bit of an issue and so by the end of the summer i think i by september i decided well you know i think i'm gonna have to i'll just get the boat to turkey this coming summer. Summer and back to Athens, and then I'll I'll probably just sell it. Whereas my original plan out there was maybe to sell it back to the U.S. and um, uh, I I probably would still want to do that if I had the crew. But also things have heated up at work, so I don't I don't think I'm going to be able to. I think I'm going to sell it this summer. So In sailing September.
1: sailing from Greece back to the U.S. is is uh, still a possibility, but but uh, questionable at this point.
0: I'd love to do it, but I I would need a good you know a good a good co pilot to to do it with um uh or co-owner and um I may even still have done it on my own just to you know go on together uh paid and crew and friends um but uh my partner at work david he he may be kind of striking out in his zone which is gonna really cut into my ability to take a three month vacation you know gotcha. so.
1: Well, so Jim, so kind of, we got through sort of the logistics of like acquiring the boat and obviously that was a process, but how, so how long were you over there in total from, from, uh, from start to finish?
0: Oh boy. Uh, I was, I lived on that boat 85 days and, 85 um, days, about 85 days. Yes. About three yeah. months. And, um, and I was over there maybe two weeks longer than that. But um, yep. one frustration was about 20 of the days were by myself. And um, that was a bit frustrating, especially down in the Cyclades in, you know, the Mykonos-Santorini world and all the other okay. famous island islands. But one frustration down there is they don't really have marina facilities. The marinas tend to fill up with locals boats. And yeah. so it, it was, it was very hard to like leave the boat somewhere. You know, most of the, um, most of the harbors down there are, um, just towns where you pull into the port and you back up to the town key or K, however you want to say that. And, you know, you med more with your anchor, and then you tie the back of the boat up to the, you know, the concrete on the sidewalk where across the street are all the shops. And you can't really, I mean, you can leave the boat to go to dinner, but it's definitely not recommended to leave it overnight. So I was was really uh, tied into that boat. And so that kind of convinced me that dealing with that, I was kind of like, well, you know, this may not be this is this is a logistical uh, problem. In fact, it's funny looking back on it because I was talking to my older brother who spent a lot of time on the boat with me and there weren't really that many close calls sailing, you know, none, really. I mean, we were scared at times because we were you know out in the middle of the ocean with the the Maltemi is like the 30 knot wind you get every three weeks there. And you know, you'd you'd be there with six foot waves with no sight of land, and you know it would be a little worrisome at times. But there was nothing where it felt like a close call. But for me, the the challenge was the oh boy, in five days, you know, I'm going to be by myself, and I got to get a mar- get this thing into a marina. You know, mm-hmm. um, I can't be anchored out because you know it's really kind of dangerous by yourself, and I really don't want to be at a town key because if the anchor starts slipping and I have to pull the boat back out and redo it, you know, I'm I'm gonna have to get some help, you know, to do that. And um so it was it was more it was more that it was more the logistics of it all.
1: That's what I heard you talking about. I mean it's just so interesting. It wasn't it wasn't really like any of the the fear of the of the natural side or just like being out on the open water that was scary too. It was more just like the logistical stuff. But yeah um you know I wanna I wanna touch on you said you did talk about the the natural piece, you know, the 30 knot winds, the six foot waves. And you said there were some times when you were
0: scared. Can you talk about that a little bit? The first time was um, we, you know, I, I spent quite a bit of time and became good friends with the former owner Stephen. And I went with him and his son and his son's friends out into the Saronic Gulf, which is all within about 150 miles of, of, of Athens. And it's the islands around Athens. And they're exceedingly beautiful, but pretty light winds for the most part, you know, maybe maybe 10, 15 knot winds, you know, and, and then you're like, wow, this is great, you know. But then you get down to the Cyclades and it's more like the trade winds, the British Virgin Islands, except they have a, um, a northerly wind, they call it the Meltemi, in the summer between July and September. And every two to three weeks, it blows at about 30 plus knots and generates, you know, very big waves. So I guess... We were in the Saronic, and um, my crew, which was my nephew and a friend of his, and my brother, insisted the first week that we went on our own that I hire a a charter captain to help us. I I didn't think we needed it, but um, anyway, we did that for a week, and then we were going to get into the Cyclades, and we were dropping the captain and the former owner of my boat was like, "Are you kidding? There's really high winds down there. You can't do that." You know, and so everybody was like scaring us, you know, Cyclades, and so we headed down there, and we passed the point. which is there's a Poseidon, a 3,500-year-old uh, to Poseidon right on the final point. And then you go out into the open ocean down into the, and you're out of sight of land. And and uh, I think the Meltemi had passed maybe or something, but there were still like these huge waves and it, the cockpit was very wet. And um, I was pretty much okay though. You know, I wasn't I wasn't that scared at that point. But also what I found is that it depends on who's on the boat with you, because later we did that same experience about, um, two months later or a month and a half later with my daughter and her boyfriend. And then I was much more fearful. And I think mm-hmm. it was because I didn't want anything to happen to her, you know, we'll and her, so we had yeah. it out in the middle and, you know, and, and got back into it. But, um, you know, that, that was great. And, um, we had great navigation though. It's, you know, with the technology today, you just have a screen where you're looking at your path on the boat and everything. And, um, so, it's 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 not that scary to do it as long as you don't go out and really crazy there were were several times we stayed in you know because of the the wind
1: what's the root of the fear jim like what's what are you worried about happening
0: oh well as i got to know the boat my my main fear was um the the boat is a a broad blue catamaran it's a lot like a lagoon but it relies a little more on the um, the jib the genoa for 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 power it's got a huge genoa and my main fear was putting that genoa up and um having the wind kick up to to you know over 30 knots and then just it's so hard to get that thing in when when you have a lot of wind especially you somehow end up with just the genoa and not the mainsail up to blanket it and so that was as i got to know the boat that was like the main issue with it in my mind
1: for people that aren't familiar, what, I mean, what hap- what could happen if you couldn't get it in?
0: Well, I mean, you can't stop. <laughs> so you'd have to drop it. And, uh, I had never like put the sails up on that, boat cause it's on a roller furl, So it's permanent. So I wasn't even really sure which line would drop the Genoa down, you know? But, uh, yeah, the, the issue would be, you know, you need to get the sail down to stop. And, um, you know could you do that if, it, if the wind was was strong enough so that 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 was that was a big fear and then just things breaking were uh, uh you know it's an older suba, it's oh seven and so i think after you get past 10 years or so things start to go and so we had the water pump break on us like three times and um that's really terrible because then you you don't have running water in the kitchen sink you can't shower you know all that and then and then another time we had, uh, one of the engines Catamaran, so it has two engines and one of the engines stopped, um, being able to, uh, go into reverse, I guess, or yeah, I think I, or even go into idle. And so that was, that was very stressful because, you know, when you go into dock, you really need a lot of maneuverability in these little towns, sure. marinas. And yeah. So, is there any fear of getting stuck out there? Well, yeah, you know, as someone told me when I was learning to sail, is is you really you really can't get stranded in a sailboat because you have, you know, the sail and the, you have yeah. an engine, so you know you've you have complete backup. Uh, no, I never really had a fear of that, and the, the boat was the, like really solid. It's you know this yeah. really solid piece of plastic that is always going to float, and it's catamaran, so they're you know other than maybe falling apart in a hurricane or something, they 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 really shouldn't sink because they don't have a keel on them. And being out of sight of land was not too big a deal because, you know, you've you've got the technology down there. You're always on the Internet and you're always getting the GPS signal and you're seeing exactly, you know, and it wasn't like we were in the middle of the ocean. We would be like 30 miles off away from land, you know, which is, you know, on a sailboat, it is six hours, but it wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, you know, you've got to last for two weeks. We're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. You know?
1: It's still a long way. And there's got to be, you know, I mean, we see this kind of stuff in the movies, but when you're like really living it and you can't see land and there's just ocean all the way around you, I mean, there's got to be something special about that. And so one of the things that we, I've talked about with a bunch of the guests on this podcast is I'm, I'm a big fan of the word awe. And uh, the dictionary definition of the word awe is a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear and wonder and i'm just imagining you out on the open ocean like with kind of these feelings of fear but you've also got to be just you've got to be experiencing awe when you're just out there in the middle of in the middle of the ocean i'm just wondering if you could talk about that
0: yeah it is i mean it is great in the in the sailboats uh, sailing along smoothly and beautifully you know and it's all quiet out there um you just have the wind and the sun and the waves and um it is, it it really is very, very, uh, a very lovely experience, you know, and I, I was very happy with, with those experiences because, and that's what I was, you know, wanted with the sailing. Seeing the wildlife is always fun, you know, if you see a dolphin or something. And, um, so that's always just a huge, huge, yeah, I guess, feeling of awe and excitement and, and sea yeah. turtles. We saw some of those and, and really, you know, um, uh, I think just being in greece and the history of it all and um this may be a little less of the adventure aspect but um you know but coming into a town like um hermopolis which is the capital of the cyclades it's on what island is it on I africa Syros, i think anyway which is a bigger city or it looks like a bigger city built up and coming on the out into that on a boat is is just spectacular you know it really is it really is a lot of fun and you just can't believe you're there and, in greece
1: is the color of the water just like you see on all the pictures was it was it that beautiful It it is
0: beautiful it's um it's a bit of a double-edged sword in the mediterranean in greece the, the water is crystal clear in fact um we had one experience where um uh we dropped a ore into about 26 feet or 25 feet of water And it was so crystal clear, we could look down and see it under the boat. And we really needed it back because our dinghy engine wasn't working and we were stuck at anchor for several days until we could get into a marina. And so it was just tying us uh, 25 feet below, but you could see it crystal clear. And uh, (laughs) uh, and, and there's a lot of colorful fish. They're generally smaller fish in Greece Mm -hmm. and the Mediterranean. Technically, what happens with the Mediterranean there is it's like a big lake it doesn't get it doesn't have tides because other waters don't get into it very well except maybe Gibraltar and a little bit at the red sea and so because of that it has less microbes and it's crystal clear but because less microbes there's also a little bit less life in it so okay. there's, there's less fish certainly less big fish and less dolphins and sharks and things than there would be in the caribbean but the great side of that is you can be anchored anywhere in like you know 20 or 30 feet of water and you can just jump right in the water. You don't even have to think about sharks because there really aren't. Yeah. You know, they just beautiful. don't exist that much over there. And it's overfished too, probably. But.
1: did you get did you get the ore back?
0: <laughs> we did. In fact, I I was very proud of myself. I I read up on uh free dot, started thinking about, you know, how can I do this? And then I started practicing, and there, there's a technique for like you lose a lot of your energy when you're at the surface and you start the dive so there's a technique to duck into the dive and get down there and then there's 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 various techniques and so i kind of practiced that for for a day and then the next day went down there and uh i was i had two greek friends who stayed after the um they were actually been friends of the captain but i got stuck without being able to get a marina so they were staying and they were very nice and they put together this They, one of them, well, anyway, I won't get into that, but they put together this contraption, which was like 10 feet long to try to get it, but it never worked. So I just practiced free driving, diving, and then I actually made it down um, to the 25 feet down and and got it and back up. I love it.
1: I mean, that's just like a journey in itself. Like, like just, I can, I just picturing you out there on that boat, like teaching yourself how to free dive. And then, you know, finally, you, you must've felt pretty good when you finally got your hands on that thing. I did. It was
0: scary going down that far. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was so happy when I got back up. None of us could, believe we got it back.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. amazing. So I, th- this whole experience, it just sounds like such a, such a great life experience. And, and Jim, I know, um, I know that you've been on lots of adventures. I know that uh, that you and your family moved to to China for an entire year. I know like some of the other adventures that you've been on and it's it's just really inspiring because you've always been somebody that just kind of get gets an idea and then just runs with it. So what what is it like if you ask yourself, like what what is it that sort of calls you like what, what is it that calls you to adventure?
0: You know, I think I just maybe just get bored, you know, and, and start like thinking, you know, you know, I should do this or have an interest in like I was interested in China because we have two adopted Chinese kids and they were learning Chinese and and then you just kind of dig into it and say, Oh, you know, that would be really cool, you know, to to go live there and, and work there and and um you know, remotely and um, you know, how could that work? And and then and then you you, you find a relocation company, you know, and you tell them, Well, we're just a family of four, we're not a company, but we want to relocate. can you take yeah. care of everything. you're like, yes, and you're like, well okay hey, this 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 would work you know this is yeah work.
1: so like for for yeah. a lot of these trips, like the Greece trip, the China trip, I mean and some of your other trips too, like for you, I know, like they they start as ideas. It's like, oh, you know, I mean, you mentioned it being out of boredom, but like you get these ideas in these states of boredom, but for you, what is that like what what's that connection piece that that helps you get from the idea to like actually getting after it and doing it?
0: Oh, well, probably, you know, it's a dream. And so you, you dream, oh, this would be so great. And you can kind of envision yourself on the boat and you, you know, you like boating. And, and so you, you start looking and then, um, uh, you know, it's fun to look at houses or boats or whatever. Uh, and then, and then you start to figure things out and, and it gets kind of fun and you're like, Oh, well, this would work this, you know, this would work. This piece fits with this. So this, this would work. And, um, it just kind of, takes on a life of its own i guess
1: yeah yeah what i'm hearing though is like this sort of sense of optimism and sort of this sense of like i mean honestly i'm hearing kind of like a sense of control like i know i can do this like here this is this idea and if i just do this step and then this step like this is all going to sort of fall into place like did you like for the greece one in particular did you have any like sort of second thoughts or doubts or you know any part of you that was like oh i can't do you know like is there like a voice that's trying to talk you out of it at any point?
0: Definitely, definitely. Because you know, buying a you know $165,000 sailboat in Greece, and then you know, I i, I knew it was going to be expensive, so uh, but you know, these things, these adventures, they do they kind of take on a life of their own. Because I got over there and it had taken a long time, and I had to put down the other $150,000 and buy the boat, and um, I remember. Thinking like you know, and I'd already had, you know, this was like four weeks into the adventure, so I already had plenty of sailing and plenty of time in Greece. Sure. And so, you know, definitely there was a thought in my mind. Hey, you know, I could, because because it just took so long with the bureaucracy to close. But the owner I was sailing with him, you know, and um, at least some of the time, you know, we we went on a week trip, you know, and and so I'd, I'd gotten some sailing in, and so I was I was somewhat tempted to just like bail at that point. But they do take on a life of their own because my my nephew was, was, you know, already there and planning to spend the next eight weeks with me on a boat. And, um, so, so, you know, I think you kind of realize it's not a financially wise move and and same thing with China, you know, maybe. And, uh, but, but it's kind of taken on a life of its own. And it, 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 once you sort of start the adventure and pull the, pull the zip grip cord, you're, you're long for the ride in some sense
1: yeah i mean you just kind of step into it and you know like you said it takes on a life of its own and and uh it just becomes it just becomes the journey so i guess i'm curious you're back now and of course the boat's still over there so maybe this journey hasn't totally ended yet but like jim like the person that started this adventure how it how is how is jim different now because of having taken this adventure
0: well I i have this great memory of the summer um there was the stress and I did learn a lot about the problems with doing something like this. But, you know, even I would, I would definitely not, even if I you know end up losing a lot of money on the boat or whatever, I wouldn't take it back. I would do it again because it was, it was a great, it was a great experience over the summer. I got to know the Greek islands. I got to know, you know, several Greek people real well and, um, uh, you know, got to spend time with family. It ended up being a family affair, um, with my nephew and brother and daughter. But, um, I guess um for me um I know somewhat more about sailing and um well certainly a lot more about sailing in, in Europe and the Med Mooring or specifically Greece. We were in Greece the whole time. The med mooring and how that all works. So that was wonderful because I always had that dream of 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 sailing around places like that. And that that really completely, you know, was right right tuned into what I'd wanted to do with sailing and from island to island and figuring all that out. And um Yeah, it was it was it was another adventure. It's an adventure that's still ongoing because I still do on the boat. So I'm I'm going back in July, I think, with my niece. Actually, this time, and maybe another daughter, and um, and hopefully some friends, and sailing it to Turkey and back to Athens. Yeah, yeah, I I think you know. I just feel like I really got to know Greece. I got to know parts of the world over there really very very well. Really, you know.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's nice. So beautiful someplace I hope to go at some point. So, so Jim, like for people that are listening, like what advice would you have for, for people that have gotten these kinds of ideas and like a lot of people would say, you know, that's a harebrained idea. I'm I'm never going to be able to do that, but you're somebody that's actually like taken action and actually, you know, put the wheels in motion. Like what advice would you have for people that are listening that have had a dream to do something like what you've done, but just haven't, haven't been able to pull the trigger?
0: Well, you know, if you can, if you can, if you can work it out, um, financially and time wise, you know, then, then, uh, I think, I think pulling the trigger, you know, is, is a, is a, a, a good move. And, and, you know, there are, you know, I, I think, I think there's all these adventures are, are within reach and there's, there's resources out there helping, helping you to be able to do that. Um, whether it's, it's boating with, uh the resource to buy boats, maintain boats and have, you know, hire people to help you with the boats or whether maybe, you know, some of your other guests are like avid hikers and there's resources to get them up Everest or something, you know? Yeah.
1: So what I'm hearing you say is, uh, you know, maybe start with a little bit of research and just start doing your homework and seeing where it takes you.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. And then, um, yeah, they do tend to take on a life of their own. Then as you start figuring things out and saying, well, I'm going to do this and this. And of course, once you, uh, Once you actually start spending money, then you're. It really takes on a life of the year of its own, and you're you're hooked into it, you know. And you're going to do it. But uh, of course, we all have adventures. Whether we, if we stay home, if I'd stayed home, I would have done something different. Um, So that might have been great too. But um, I think getting to the Greek islands and doing the sailing dream and sort of meeting that that thing that I thought about for years was, was very satisfying. And so I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I did it. So I, I would say if you've been thinking about doing something for, for 10 years, then, you know, maybe that's long enough where you should go and do it. You know.
1: It's time to get after it. Well, Jim, like this, this was such an amazing adventure for you. And I know that at some point they're going to make a movie about this, this, this whole situation of, of Jim Young going (laughs) over and flying a boat and living out over there. And so, so my first question is when they do, when they make this movie in Hollywood, is it going to be a drama or a comedy?
0: A little of both, but there's always a lot of comedy in these things. Um, uh, like the uh the government employee in Greece who was you know <laughs> taking speed tax from us and um so so I would say a, a comedy drama kind of like a, a comedy for the most part and then and then when you get the logistics like a a dicey situation, it turns into a, a bit of a drama, but hopefully never too much hopefully never like a disaster like that fishing boat disaster or something you <laughs> know
1: <laughs> well, so who's going to be the actor, the Hollywood actor that plays Jim young?
0: Yeah. I thought about that. Cause you mentioned that. <laughs> I was like, a, I like, uh, what is it? Kino Ruiz, you know, but he's, he's oh, probably too cool. I love uh, it. Yeah. For, for, for that. Sweet. Okay.
1: And, uh, what's your movie going to be called? I don't
0: know. Oh, Grecian sailing. I I don't know. I don't have anything on there.
1: <laughs> Grecians, Grecian sailing and, uh, it's a drum com. I love it. Well, um, Jim, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story. And for those that are listening, I really hope that you've been inspired as much as I have. I hope that Jim's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure, because we want to hear your story next. And so if you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you so much for listening. And Jim, thank you for being here with us today. Thanks, yet.